Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. Well, we're going uh, part five on true courage, and we're looking at the life of Daniel. And part six, D, last part, is next week. And um, just looking at the life of Daniel has been such an encouragement to me. I don't know if it has been to you, but, um, you know, the Bible says in uh, Romans 15, 4, it talks about the scriptures and it says such things were written in Romans 15, 4. It says such things were written in, in the scriptures long ago to teach us. So there, scripture has been given and, and scripture, all of scripture, all 66 books have been given to give us the whole counsel of God. So if we only read our favorite parts and only pick and choose things that we want, we're not getting the whole counsel of God. There's so many aspects of God that we need to look at all of them. But the, the scriptures have been given, and particularly the, the, the ones long ago, to teach us. And it says, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we patiently wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. And one thing I find with the Old Testament is it gives me encouragement to endure. To have perseverance because we are in the microwave generation let's face it when you have to get an app to order before you go to the line in mcdonald's so that it's faster so when we go to fast food so it's faster than fast food something's wrong i think things are broken people are not that busy and people are not that important i'm sorry you're just not none of us are Our life is not that busy that we have to be that driven. And so God is definitely not driven. God has a plan and a purpose and it unfolds and he lets it unfold. And when he needs to slow things down, how many know God can slow things down? Can, Can I see a hand? Thank you. Please participate. I've missed all of you and people just being there. And just uh, so when we can have some interaction, let's have some interaction. So when, when God gives us the Old Testament scriptures, and, and particularly these accounts, he does it for our encouragement. And Daniel, the life of Daniel is such an encouragement because he was, he was brought into captivity. He was removed from his, from his nation. He was removed from everything that was familiar, taken into captivity. And he had to continue to allow God to live big in him in the midst of that and he stayed faithful and true to god for to the end of his life which was i don't know how old he was in i think definitely he was in his 80s when the last things happened but i don't know his particular age when he died but he was old but he stayed faithful and true and he never ever got to go back to his nation but yet he believed the promise and he knew that that would happen one day but he he did his part in the process of the journey. And God had brought them into that captivity as part of his judgment because they had not honored the Sabbath. And he said, for every year you haven't, I'm going to keep you in that captivity. So Daniel knew it for 70 years. He had to endure in the midst of captivity. But what do we do in the midst of when it feels like there's, where there's captivity or your, your, things around you bind you? That doesn't hold us back from obeying God, honoring God, and being true to our faith in God. 
But so many times we blame this, we blame this, we blame this, and it's like, no. No, God is God. And for all of us to remember that he exists for his own glory. We live for his glory. We live that he would be glorified in us. So it really has not much to do with us. It has more to do with him and that we draw on who he is. We draw on his nature. We draw on what he wants. And Daniel, the three things we learn in Daniel's life is humility, trust, and hope. He lived with these attributes in his life. And so last week we looked at um, uh, King, ne uh, King Nebuchadnezzar uh, had to eat humble pie. I believe that was last week, wasn't it? How many remember last week? Was it? Daryl? Yeah. Daryl will know. <laughs> and so God made a king, one of the most powerful kings in the world at that time. Like the Babylonian kingdom at that time is known in history as one of the greatest in, in the world at that time. So here's this king full of pride, and God says, no, I'm taking you down a few notches. And he was able to do it. And we have to remember that in Daniel's life here, over this 70-year span, we, we've gotten some highlights and some peaks of things that happened. But in the midst of those 70 years, everything Daniel did every day, being, being faithful to God, following those convictions every day, was prepared him for when those big things happened. And so many times we want, we want the splash. We want to do something epic for God. It's like, you know, it's just like, it's like, yeah, but can you make your bed and like do the nitty gritty things that are important as well? Can you be faithful to praying every day, being true to God? following those things that he's called you to do, being obedient to the grunt work that he gives all of us to do. How many know there's behind-the-scenes grunt work that God gets us to do that nobody likes? Jesus himself did it. For 30 years, we don't know what he did. All we know is at 12 years old, he went, we hear one account of him at 12, but for 30 years, he was faithful and true to God he got to know God because, boy, when he came out of that 30-year time that he had, he was like this with God, and he continued to obey God and followed him faithfully and did so, a lot of damage in three years, good damage that shook the world and shook a lot of things in those three years. So it's not even the length of time. Daniel, we see this perseverance and this faithfulness because... Um, we need to understand that God is powerful even in his longevity. He can cause us to be faithful to the end. And sometimes we think, oh, I can't do this. Well, we can't, but he can through us. And I believe Daniel had to die daily to many things in his own heart, in his own life, to be true to what God wanted. But here we see in Daniel 5, it's an interesting uh, turn of events. Um, we see King Belshazzar coming in here. It says, many years later, King Belshazzar, we're going to read it in Daniel 5, uh, verse 1, uh, gave a great feast for a thousand of his nobles, and he drank wine with them. And while Belshazzar was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver cups 
that his predecessor, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, and he wanted to drink from them with his nobles, with his wives, and his concubines. So they brought these gold cups taken from the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem, and the, and the, the, and the kings and the king and his nobles and his wives and his concubines drank from them. And while they drank from them, they praised their idols made of gold, silver, bronze, wood, and stone. So we see here with this king, <clears throat> Daniel has to now serve another king, King Belshazzar, if we look at the history of it, roughly this is 10 years after King Nebuchadnezzar. King Nebuchadnezzar ruled for 40, around 43, 44 years. Somewhere in there. And he, he, he did very well. But just 10 years, this is roughly 10 years. When it says many years, it's roughly 10 years where this account happens. So within a 10-year span, we have from where King Nebuchadnezzar is honoring the, the one true God, has been humbled and is acknowledging that, that this God that Daniel serves is the one true God, to in 10 years, we have this little pipsqueak because he, he was this young, well, who he was was he was King Nebuchadnezzar's son's, his grandson. What happened is his son took over at one point in, in this 10-year span. There was a few that took over. But when his son took over, his son basically went out and traveled and did, did all that stuff. And he left his son, King Belshazzar, in, in Babylon to, to rule that part of Babylon. So this little young buck was like, I can do this, you know, and he had probably entitlement all over him. He's like, this is my kingdom, I can do whatever I want. And, 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 he, and he was like, bring in the, the, the temple gold and all of that, which Nebuchadnezzar had honored. Okay, he hadn't used it in this way. What he did is he actually honored the God of, of uh, Israel, and he, he honored those, those, those things. So this guy was being defiant. He was like, ah, come on, that's craziness. We're going to look at this later. This young buck also knew King Nebuchadnezzar's story. He knew Grandpa's story. And, you know, as young people, I learned so much from my grandfathers, from, the, from those older people that I would listen to and listen uh, to stories about. My, my grandfather, when I spent one summer with him. I was there for three weeks. Um, and, I, and he would get up, I'm an early person, he's an early person, and I was uh, seven years old, eight years old, and I remember every morning getting up, and I would get up in the morning, and I would go down on the couch, and Grandpa would be sitting at the dining room table, and he'd be opening his Bible, and he would be praying, and I'd go over to talk to him, and he'd go, no, go sit over there, talking to God right now. Just So I'd sit on the couch, and I'd bounce, That's what, I, well, actually, I rocked. I rock like this, which all of you online have seen me rock. Everyone here, I rock, okay? I'm a rocker. And so I was rocking, I was rocking, but I felt God. I felt God's presence every morning. And that marked me. At seven years old, I, I knew there was a reality of God just by his presence there. And all Grandpa was doing was spending time with God every day. You know, we can take something so simple and sanctify it and set it apart for God just because we've looked to him first in the midst of it. So many times we're looking for the epic thing. My grandfather didn't realize that was an epic thing that would mark my life. And praise God, I was able to do his funeral. 
end of it, he lived to 94. Lived a ripe old age. And um, just was a wonderful man, but I got to honor him and do his funeral and uh, declare salvation to his children and his grandchildren that don't know him. But when God marks your life, it's powerful. And <clears throat> this, this young king was, was defiant. And I want us to see what the Babylonian kingdom was like. This is, this is an account of, of, of what it, this city was like. It says the outer wall was 311 feet high, 87 feet thick, and 56 miles long. There was a road on top of the wall. It was wide enough for six chariots to ride side by side. There were 250 towers on top of that wall. Each tower was manned by troops. Down below on the outside of the wall was a canal or a moat. It surrounded the city and was filled with water. People crossed on its drawbridges. Huge gates closed off the city. There was a second wall inside the outer wall with more soldiers and another road that was used for the rapid deployment of troops and supplies. The river Euphrates flowed under these walls. It, it went through the city and out the other side and it provide, provided a constant supply of drinking water. Several hundred acres of land had been set aside for farming inside the walls. So they were completely self-sustaining in this fortress. It says here, vegetables and cattle were grown to support the inhabitants of the city. There was enough food and provisions in the storage to, to last for years, and more food could be grown if needed. At the time of Belshazzar, Belshazzar's feast, the ever-flowing Euphrates rivers, was full of water. The drawbridges were raised, the gates were closed, sentinels were posted on the walls, and a great army was encroached behind them. So the setting here is these, these basically, King Belshazzar and all his friends, it'd be like a Hollywood red carpet night. They're all like... You know, all the, the uppity-ups of, of that time and all thousand of them are just like, no one can ever get us. We're, we're the best. We're the best. And they were just like boozing it up and, and defying God and, and putting, you know, using these things and honoring these gods of gold and silver and bronze and wood and stone. And just, this was the setting. Ten years after King Nebuchadnezzar. And you know, the, the interesting part of this is Daniel is almost 80 years old. Okay, he's not this young buck anymore. He's had to endure a while. And there's been, there have been some good seasons, but this season that he's coming into is not a good season How many, sometimes you see those seasons coming. We're looking at it, we're like, and you feel like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? There's three things you can do. You can humble yourself under God, you can trust him, and you can put your hope in the only one that is able to deliver. Daniel did that. Daniel lived in that place. And so, in that place, God can intervene. 
And I believe with the church, the greatest thing that we can put our energy in right now is not complaining. It's not looking at everything that we can't do, but looking at what God can do and positioning ourselves under his power and what he is doing in the midst of everything that's going on. Because we, we don't hear everything in the news that God's doing. God's doing great things around the world. You know that Jesus, we, we have some accounts of what Jesus did, but John, uh, not John, Luke, when he wrote the account in, in his book, he said, you know, if, if we wrote of all the things that Jesus did, we wouldn't be able, we would fill the books of the world just on the things that Jesus did in his three years of ministry. So we don't hear all the news of what's going on. We don't. But God's doing great things all over the place. And he continues to do great things. But these guys didn't know. And it says here, <clears throat> suddenly, let's go to verse 5. And, and God can intervene in the suddenlies. And I love when God does the suddenlies. And in this case, God was able to take some defiant people and give them a little bit of a wake-up call. We're like, well, I haven't seen God do it. Well, God did it here. And I have seen God do it. I've talked to people who have an, had an account where an angel literally set, stood at the head of their bed and stared at them until they crawled under the sheets because they were so afraid and so under conviction and they finally repented because there was a praying father and mother that said, God, get them, get them, and God got them. And that's how God did it. Is God going to do that for each and every one? No, he doesn't. He knows how to get to each person. But what we need to do is trust who he is and rest in who he is. It's his job to do it. Amen? And so Daniel, that's what Daniel did. He just rested in that. It says, suddenly they saw fingers of a human hand writing on the plaster wall of the king's palace near the lampstand. The king himself saw the hand as it wrote, and his face turned pale. How many know this party went? <laughs> he went pale with fright. His knees knocked together in fear, and his legs gave way beneath him. I bet he peed himself too. Doesn't say that, but probably. The king shouted for the enchanters, astrologers, and the fortune tellers to be brought before him. He said to these wise men of Babylon, whoever can read this writing and tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of, of royal honor and I will give a gold chain placed around his neck and he will become third highest ruler in the kingdom. But when all the king's wise men had come in, none of them could read the writing or tell him what it meant. So the king grew even more alarmed and his face turned pale and his nobles too were shaken. So here these guys, you know, in one moment, they think they got the, the world by the, the tail. They've got everything. Nothing can defeat them. And, and God can turn it in an instant to where they do not know what they're going to do. And they go to all their help and no one can help them. And so this is what happens here. 
And so this is what's interesting. They, he, he calls all these people in, but where's Daniel? He's not with the astrologers at that time. And all of the, the ones that interpreted dreams and that whole crowd. He's not with them. He's yesterday's news. And you can be guaranteed King Belshazzar is like, yo, we're the new ones. We're here. Dude, he can't text. He can't do it. He can't. He's not with it. He's yesterday's news, man. And you know, we better consider that we need substance with our, all of our splash. And where you're going to get the substance is from ones that have endured. And there's something you need to take from the old. And old people, you've got something to give. Don't back off. Give it. Give it. Don't just take a back seat. Stand. Give it. Give what is needed. And Daniel, he did, but he was waiting until the time came. But thank God, Mama came through. Amen. But when the Queen Mother heard what was happening, she hurried to the banquet hall. She said to Belshazzar, Long live the king. Don't be so pale and frightened. There's a man in your kingdom who has within him the spirit of the holy gods. During Nebuchadnezzar's reign, this man was found to, be, to have insight, understanding, and wisdom like that of the gods. Your predecessor, the king, your predecessor, King Nebuchadnezzar, made him chief over all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, for, fortune tellers of Babylon. This man, Daniel, whom the king uh, whom, whom the king named Belshazzar has exceptional ability and is filled with divine knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel. He will tell you what the writing means. There's so much in just this little portion. First of all, his resume is incredible. And this mama knew it. She was listening. She was up and with it in terms of what was going on. She wasn't being observant. Belshazzar was living with his own big head, thinking about only himself. This queen mother had watched what was going on. She had seen what. And you know what is also interesting? She doesn't call him Belshazzar. She calls him Daniel, his homeland name. Belshazzar was the name, his captivity name, and she declares his real name. She says, this is what we gave him as a name, but it's Daniel. And you know what Daniel means? God is my judge. She was declaring, this guy, God is his judge. And she comes in there. And you know, Paul, almost 500 years later, he writes in, in 1 Corinthians 2, 6 to 16, and this is important for us, because this is what we have when we have the Spirit of God. He says, yet, he says, when I'm among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak 
of is is the mystery of God. <clears throat> or wait. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our glorious Lord. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love them. How many know God has a weird way of doing things sometimes? And it's saying here, the devil would never have crucified Jesus if he knew that his death was going to cause resurrection life now to live in all of us. Do you think he would have done it? He thought he was just getting rid of Jesus and that would stop everything. Jesus and God had a plan that no, he's the seed in the ground. This thing's going to grow and multiply and produce a huge tree. Amen? And so it says here, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. So he reveals things by his spirit. There are things in life that we're encountering or walking into. We don't have to walk not knowing. We have the spirit of God living in us. He can reveal to us those things that are in his heart and in his mind. The world doesn't see those things, but God reveals them by his spirit. And it says here, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so that we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Amen? When we tell, when we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it. For only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. And those who are spiritual can evaluate things, but they themselves can cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Amen? So that's how we live, and that's how we walk. And even going through what we are walking through, in all the difficult situations that we're walking through, we walk through them differently because we carry the spirit of wisdom that comes from God that sustains us. And this is what sustained Daniel. Even though it was yesterday's news, even though um, you know King Belshazzar had written him off long ago, thank God Mama came in there with some wisdom and she says, this guy's going to be able to help you out. So what happens here? It says, verse 13... Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.